Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Are you ready for two aging mid level Hollywood celebrities who think a podcast is a good idea and who ask the eternal question to fill the hole in their soul? Did we do it? Here they are, Cajun Kevin! In five, four, three. All the leaves are brown, and the sky is green. I've been for a while. On a winter's day I'd be safe and warm If I was in L.A. So we are. California dreaming On such a winter's day Ask you something. What's up? Oh, uh, shoot, I forgot. Mm, maybe oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Did we do it? Right. Did we do it? That's the question that we ask ourselves. Did we do it? inner circle guests we have a very special friend oh yeah <laughs> not to be confused with the famous one yeah 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 we're starting inner circle softballs wait we've never had any fame well define fame someone that uh, would be recognized on the street well this guy might be recognized this guy might be recognized you might be familiar with a little band named Tenacious D. No, it's 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 not Jack. Everyone just it's what? not Jack. <laughs> well, I say Tenacious D, and I think people think I'm out. Oh, there's no Jack. <laughs> one well, who is it then? One of the Tenacious D players, as you like to say, from the Bread and Puppet show. We've got someone who's bread and puppet theater. <laughs> theater. Yes. Bread and puppet theater. Yeah. We've got one of the players, the Tenacious mm. D players, because let's not forget Tenacious D, of course, one of the biggest bands in the world. However, steeped in the theatrical tradition. Ladies so we've brought in one of the players. <laughs> we've referenced him on the show many times. Mm-hmm. J.R. Reed plays Lee. He's also one of the uh, founding members of the band Trainwreck. Plays Daryl Donnell, <laughs> the lead singer. He's also an actor. And you might know him from his lar- biggest commercial. What's his biggest commercial? Well, he's been on quite a few. He, he did is. the uh, Aflac. He did, <gasps> remember, he was the in the duck? car. Yeah, he was in the car. With oh, the- yeah. Yeah, he also was in... A really great Volkswagen commercial that ran during the Super Bowl, oh, as I recall. Yes. Remember, when you get a remember? Super Bowl ad, you have arrived, sir. You I really can't have. wait to talk to him about that. He was on the show Blackish television show. He did an episode of Alias with me Wait, back in the day. Yeah, like, my kids that. saw him, and and they've re- they reference him as Uncle Gugu because they've known him <laughs> since they were bored. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, his moniker has been Uncle Gugu. And when they saw Uncle Gugu, it was very exciting. You remember when you were a kid and you saw people that you knew on on television shows, or did that ever happen oh to you? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I'm from the Bay Area. We don't have TV. Players. Did you meet any? Did you ever meet any any celebrities mm-hmm. when you were a kid, or 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 nope, send out? Not for, one. No. No. See, I'm not from figures? the L.A. culture. I actually remember my first autograph, and might have been my last because I'm not a big autograph guy. But I remember yeah. I was going to the A's game. Right. And, you know, we're sports guys. Of course. So, you know, it's a big deal. And then yeah. you're going to the game and I'm like, you know, what am I, 9, 10, some like total baseball age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know how that is. It's just sure. the greatest thing. You're going with your dad. Yeah. Going, Especially bring A's your stadium. A's stadium. It's, oh, it's uh, the worst. It's the a little dangerous. <laughs> it was back in the multi-use stadium where you get football, baseball. Sure. Sure. Uh, soccer and yeah. uh, large concerts. Yeah. That's where they have the days on the green. Speaking of digressing, but um, Peter Frampton, day on the green. One of the great ones. Of course. Uh, but, um, um, Spiker King plays a little day on the green, Peter Frampton. Nope. From the city. Let me hear you out there. Um, <laughs> so you bring your glove. You're a kid. You're going to the A's game. You bring your glove. Yeah. Like you're gonna catch a foul ball. You gotta be. You gotta be poised. Sure. And then we. And I. You know. Of course, you get there too, like two hours before the game. Right. Because it's that much fun. Of you're course. You want to see some of the. Uh, you want to see some of the. Uh, the players the warming up. So then I get the wild hair, or I don't even think I do. I think I was such a shy boy. I think my dad said, hey, you know, go, you can go ask for an autograph. What? Yeah. <laughs> and it was, the, it was the scariest thing because, they're, you know, pro baseball. Of course. And I didn't even matter who was out there, right? So I just, I just, the, the only guy I could get to, and he was kind of a bench kind of scrub guy, Billy yeah. Grabarkowitz. Of course, I still remember his name. Wow. You remember Billy, Billy Grabarkowitz? I do not. I guess you can look him up because I'm all players right are... Billy, what is it, Rabarkowitz? Grabarkowitz. So it's yeah. a G. I got him. He came up right away. He played for the Dodgers in 69, the and then he was on the A's in 71. So you could have been 11. Okay. So I was 11. Yeah, that was about right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect baseball age. But so you go, you probably go to not Billy. that interested in girls yet. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm going down there. Just anybody. I don't even care. And then and there was a guy, a baseball. It was an A. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Grabarkowitz. Hey Mr. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think I knew his name. Mm. But here was the part that changed my life. Well, first off, like I said, I think it was the first and last autograph I got. But I had my glove, of course. So he signed yeah. my glove. Signed your glove, yeah. And he signed the inside. Oh. But here was the here was the great thing. He signed it because Grabarkowitz is such a terrible no, yeah. it's a great name. We love G. Him, but Billy G. It's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of consonants. Okay. And he's had to spell <laughs> it every single time he's told somebody. And it's just a long, crazy name. So what did he do? He signed it Billy G. Yeah. And then he put quotations in the G. And I'll never forget it. And then every time I've done a signature since, I've put KG and done quotations throughout it because wow. my signature. And see, so that's my that's my point. Like it had that meeting of somebody in entertainment for us, for most kids is such a monumental moment. Do you, I, in fact, I took uh, Eli, my youngest to, <laughs> I remember everything, his name and yeah, to the Dodger game. Uh, the, my whole, yeah. Changed the way that's your professional career signing. <laughs> it's my autograph. Your autograph. It changed my autograph. It changed your autograph. Yeah, we went to the game and uh, we we were totally taken care of and hooked up and it was fantastic. And after the game, so we were down on the field in the club, the club, uh, the dugout seats at Dodger Stadium. Thank you to the Dodgers for taking care of this for us. And uh, <laughs> by the way, one of our sponsors, Dodgers. <laughs> Dodgers. <laughs> Yeah.
going to be just fine. Hey, you'll be happy to know that uh, Billy Grub. Barkowitz is uh, still with us. He's seventy-five, but I was no saying way. when we so he's seventy-five. Oh yeah, he went to. And we, in fact, we've got him in the in the Zoom waiting we've room. We've got Billy Grabarkowitz. Billy, hey, do you Kyle. remember when you signed uh, my glove? I do. I do. Good to see you again, kid. Billy, you know, I, it's probably of course it didn't mean anything to you, but I just you had such an effect on my young life. Now, when I sign my autograph, I also use quotations for my initials. Is that right? Thank you. It's my honor. <laughs> and see. You, you know, <laughs> and that's just some of the improv techniques you're going to get on our seminar. The Did We Do It weekend seminar we're having in Maui at the Horses <laughs> on. If you it's pop over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Did We Do It. Now listen, listen. The more I hear about this Patreon, I think we're leaving some money on the table. We're going to do it. So Curtis Granderson for the Dodgers came over and signed, or for the Mets, came over and signed Eli's ball and the wide eyes of an 11-year-old. I'll never forget it. And how excited. Commercials? Remember the Visa? It was like, price of tickets? You probably got them comped. Price of popcorn? $300. (laughs) Autograph the look on you. Your daughter's face. Priceless. Priceless. (laughs) I don't know if you heard Hank Aaron. The great Hank Aaron passed away today. And the call was made by when he broke... Babe Ruth's home run record, 715. Is that Vin Scully? Vin Scully. Spiker, can you play that clip? Spike. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron, who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves, but by his father and mother. Once again, a beautiful call. I mean, Vin Scully was the master at calling another master's I, home run. Man, I'm just going to... I'm going to be murdered by every Dodger fan. Uh-oh. It wasn't my favorite announcer. Vinny Scully? I know he's an icon. Yeah, I know he's an icon. But there he was is. something... He didn't... It didn't sound human to me then. It sounded like someone had programmed a computer to... <laughs> And you know what? He was great at that. Whatever. I mean, and I know I can't even imagine how hard it would be to just. And he spun stories. To the cow stories. Sure. And he had a million and he was great. But I don't know. There was something about his voice and it just kept. Yes. But you imagine the pressure and, you know, pressure playing at festivals being. I don't think he had any pressure. I think. No, but imagine the pressure of the moment. The Kirk Gibson game one, 1988, the way that he crafted in a year, in a year of the improbable, the impossible has happened. To come up with that line in mm-hmm. that moment when Kirk Gibson, who is limping out of the dugout, wasn't supposed to play, hits a home run to beat your A's in game one of the 1988 World Series. I was at the game with my dad. I will always remember that moment. You know what? That is such a classic moment that, yeah, it was against my team. And it was so great that I I had to just doff the cap. And and it, it still is my favorite World Series moment. God, we've gone so sports right now. We have. We've gone we're, we're inside well, the, You know what? That really does. Uh, the that, hashtag. I think this, the fact that we've gone sports aligns with our podcast platform host, Believe. Do you believe, believe. in love after love? <laughs> we've got three oh, guys. It? We've like got Ron. We've got Ron's Car- the dude. Who, Carter's who made, the tech. 
He, no, Carter, he's our tech, but he also is a kind of a great sound mixer and he has his right, right. graduate degree. I didn't mean to diminish. I know that sounded diminishing, but I meant like well, he's the yeah, guy. He's a great guy, if, Carter, if you're listening. And then, well, you will be because you have to mix this. And then uh, we've got Cam who does our social media. Cam. Uh, so we love we love our guys over at Believe. Yeah. Believe. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if anybody's listening to this, follow Believe at, on Instagram. Man. And did we do it? Underscore, did we do it? Underscore. Carter and Cam, but don't forget Brown. They're all on board. They're all. Oh, I don't have a good rhyme for that one. No, give it another thinking. try. Take two. You, you got it in there. You got it. All right, all right. Give it a little, give it a little zhuzh. Oh, You're going ballad. You are a balladeer. One of the great balladeers. Carter and Brown Don't forget Cam Ah, I don't have anything. That was good. Yeah, That's good. all you need, a little we're taste. Worried. That yeah. one is called Don't Forget Cam. You, um, Can I talk about some of your side projects? I guess that's what we do on, on uh, Did We Do It? Well, can we play some of the stuff you've been sending me? All right, Johnny. Oh, yeah, I do. I do send you stuff, don't I? Yeah, what what uh, what uh, was blowing your mind? I said, well, uh, let me just say that it's authenticity that's blowing my mind. You're reaching a point in your playing and your singing. I'm not sure if you know Jerry Garcia, one of my favorite musicians from a little band called The Grateful Dead. Have I mentioned them before to you? <laughs> As he got later in his career in his life and there's others who kind of have followed have followed followed the same path there's just a vulnerability johnny cash you know what i mean when he did that album with rick rubin mm. there there's something that you tap into but, i think when you've been playing for a number of years over ten thousand hours maybe twenty thousand hours you've been on stage you've traveled the world you have nothing to prove and now you're 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 not you know you used to play for uh uh you know, you used to play for silver. Now you play for life. You know what I mean? And I hear it in the music. You've got a side project with the great John C. Riley. Name drop, but not for me, for you. Wow. I mean, hold I on, know. hold on, pick it up. Um, you know, that's called not day job. Good. Can we play that? Can we play a day job song? I, I guess so. You know what? Are we day job has not had much exposure. We've never played a gig. We've never recorded a, a song, but and yet. We are one of the most talked about side projects. Johnny, you have, um, Which this is just a little iPhone uh, collab that, that John C. and I did. He, Which is you know. fantastic. Go ahead. Yeah, play it. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. People stop and stare I don't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going where the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going where the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the old north wind Sailing on summer breeze Skipping over the ocean the outlaw, like uh, you know, country stars The Merle Haggards, the Waylon Jennings Those guys are singing about real life That's a great song John sent me uh, Who yeah, that? Just a little, that was uh, Harry Nielsen Harry Nielsen, yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah no, you know what? He didn't write that, but he performed it. That's a great story. If you don't know, the great Harry Nielsen uh, songwriter, yeah. uh, the Beatles' favorite, yeah, the Beatles' favorite band, they'd say. It was kind of a funny thing. Who's your favorite American band? And they'd say Harry, Harry Nielsen. Nielsen. Hello, hey, Kyle, it's, it's Ringo. What do you mean? After March 1st, Kyle, I will not sign any packages or fan mail 
Do Would not sign, sign one more for my niece. No, who only has no three nieces, days to live. uncles, cousins. But people just love you. You're the Shakespearean clown of, of peace and love, Kyle. After March 31st, I will sign no more packages. Peace and love, peace and love. Harry Nilsson is my favorite band. I love. I, lo <laughs> I loved how uh, that was great. How you you finally got there to that, but it's also I like how you weaponize peace and love too. <laughs> Completely peace blind. And love, peace, peace and, and love. love. <laughs> Get out of my face! <laughs> I'm giving you what you want. It that, quantifies. It, yeah, it justifies his is is refusing to sign anything. And by the way, oh, I yeah. didn't make that up. That that, that is. The great Ringo Starr's moniker. He will not People. sign any packages <laughs> after yeah. this date. Do not. <laughs> it will be tossed, was, uh, Kyle. It will <laughs> be tossed. What? What's By the way, does he recycle? Does he recycle the stuff, or is it just to tossed yeah, in the recycling bin if it's recyclable? He didn't say that part, but he did say the talk. Wait, so Harry Nilsson. Yeah. Harry Nelson, who died in 1994, he did not write the song no. mm -mm. Midnight Cowboy uh, from Midnight Cowboy, the great movie with Dustin right. Hoffman. And, and that was written by, that was by Freddie Neal, I believe. Am I right? Everybody's talking. He wrote the song One by Three Dog Night, which became a number one, uh, a top 10 song. Yes. I was going to say, Kevin, I am a pop uh, encyclopedic. Song. Give me a little, give me a little one. Do you know how to play that one? One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as sad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. But it is ironic. And let me continue with the story because they yeah. did ask Harry to write the theme of the great Midnight Cowboy. And I think he did write one and they're like, yeah. What about uh, this one? Yeah. And then they went, what if you sing that one? But it was also great, like, sure, I'll do it. And of course, it ended up being the best thing. Dustin Hoffman walking you know, across the street, it's a legendary moment. Like, I'm walking here, I'm walking here. And as a young actor, I, I knew that that had to be an improvised moment. Do you know what I mean? It seemed too organic. It they rang were, so true. It rang so true. And it really affected me like, wow, that seems to be what acting is, which is yeah. just reacting so to the moment. And I was really taken, you know, by that. Yeah. So that's a great version of everybody's talking that you and, and, and uh, Jerry McCracken from Trainwreck, AKA John <laughs> Riley. Uh, saying man it's got I some real uh it's got some real depth and then you also sent me something recently with mm -hmm. one of your friends that and now my friends the great steve lucifer <laughs> that's right steve well first off steve's just you know he's a straight-up legend and you know growing up as a guitar player i i was a geek and i would subscribe to guitar player magazine sure way back in the 70s and I keep them, you know, because there's valuable information that you need yeah. to glean from there. But I'll never forget. I mean, I think he was on the cover more than once because he was just a legendary guitar slinger. And he was a studio legend and Toto and all that. So growing up, he was just, you know, I'd see him on the magazine. He's just an icon in my brain. So fast forward. Toto, <clears> by the way, I know you mentioned it, but people don't know who's in the band Toto. Uh, the, the great, he wrote the great song, Africa, and uh, he was also he did the guitar. He wrote that one, but uh, you know, details. That's right. Might have been, I think it was David Pache. I think he also played the guitar solo on Billie Jean. I'm just saying, Johnny, Hello. go ahead and give play Billie Jean. Up. No, he uh, that is Alex, uh, Alex Eddie Van Halen, the late great rest. Oh, Eddie Van Halen, God bless solo, Eddie. And, then, and then Luke, as you know, is the tight uh, compadres come Luke. Yeah, <laughs> he did uh, the rhythm. He did the rhythm. Why would I have me do it, Johnny? Johnny, cue that up. Uh, yeah, that's a sweet Cut to, by the way, 
the legendary I want to get back to your guitar your guitar magazine 1970s but you had a legendary lunch with the late great Eddie Van Halen oh, and the Steve Luke Lukather uh, at now this great the deli Arts deli. Arts deli Arts Deli Studio City yep now I mean it was already kind of a mind blower for me just a fanboy but now in the rearview mirror we lost eddie not long after that uh so See, now it's just like oh my god i just i never thought i'd even you know meet eddie much less hang with him and then i'm sure he was like, happy to meet you I mean, do, do, do you remember him saying anything about did you guys pretty talk sure shop or wasn't that excited to meet me and i'm pretty sure he pretended to know maybe that he, he knows the d uh, come on he knew the d a, who doesn't know the d did you uh, did you guys talk any guitar shop or more just about sandwiches? No, no. He actually that was one of the takeaways, uh, and not really, not sad, but I was it was uh, he was over it, and and I understand, you know, when you spend most of your life playing guitar, and and yeah. uh, and as you as you as you grow older, <laughs> I think. It just didn't hold the same fascination. You know, he's, mm. he's Eddie and he does his thing and people love it, but it's not like he's sort of that, that part of his life. He, I don't th- In fact, one uh, moment he, he mentioned that he hadn't even picked up the guitar in a couple of years. Wow. But and still, I, I'm actually, I like to, I, I, it's a great, uh, just kind of soothing thing to do. Yeah. Just by yourself for me, but, but he wasn't like that. And he just, you know, get to one other quick thing so speaking of the guitar man so you've got your great friend steve lukather and we went to see luke play with the great ringo star at <laughs> at the greek theater we had a great time we went backstage and and you were celebrated so wait we did a uh uh, uh harry Shear was doing a big uh concert with guest stars for his uh solo record Derek smalls of um spinal tap and he invited us to do uh, a Spinal Tap song, which was quite an honor because, you know, of course, we're huge fans. And then we were down there and it was an all star lineup. And uh, Luke, of course, was uh, one of the guitar players. And then we're just as 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 it is, we were hanging backstage and he was uh, he was a big fan. And uh, I think his son was like even a bigger fan. And sure. so. He, I think there was a cool dad. You want to impress the, yeah, of course, impress you the kid. To, yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it was yeah. great. He, he's a he's a pretty funny guy. We hit it off, and and uh, yeah. It's now always, you started a side project, and now you played this. You sent me this great version of Guitar, Guitar Man. Guitar Man, which I, I love. It. David Gates. Yeah. Song. You like that song? It's always been a favorite of mine. Well, it just again, it it seems rooted in some sort of emotional truth you know it's like oh god like this guy needs to play to survive and by the way how appropriate for the time that we're living in it's a parable for our times i mean musicians are shuttled during the pando not only can they not make any money that you know at their craft but they can't play with other musicians that's why by the way there's a great organization called music cares which i suggest Mm. people check out on instagram uh which you can donate to help not only musicians but roadies of which i know you guys are a big fan of us but can you play a little song called roadies roadies venues here in LA. We have venues like the Troubadour, the Viper Room, the Roxy that do need financial assistance to stay alive until we get back on our feet. And these vaccines, you know, get us get us back to, to hearing live music. And by the way, um, send us a message on underscore did we do it underscore on Instagram and let me know what you think of Kyle's 
work on this because if you agree with me that it is absolutely grounded in oh, emotional bad. pathos. Is it pathos or pathos? <laughs> I think it's pathos. I say pathos, but yeah. you, know, you say potato, is. I say pathos. <laughs> it's just great, man. I'm really proud of you. I think it's really good. Uh, so, uh, and also just reach out and say hi and, and let us know if, if there's, um, you know, what Should you're Should they liking. like or subscribe? Or should We've they just getting subscribe? a lot? You should like and subscribe over at they Apple Podcasts. Both. What if um, they just liked and didn't follow. subscribe? Would that be okay? I mean, it's not great. Right. <laughs> be honest with you. Yeah, but we're coming no, no, out no, of the no, gate optimal. strong. We've we've loved the feedback so far. We appreciate all of you listening. What if you know? I am making a point of not reading or listening to any feedback. Well, how has it been out there, dude? I I don't. I mean, I only look at it like maybe sixty seven times a day. So. <laughs> No, the no, reaction's I, been great. We have a lot of great uh, uh, five-star reviews on what? Apple Podcasts. So, so How we many are possible? Five. Five out of five. What? Five out of yes. five? We've had no 4.5s yet. I don't think that. Have you heard no fours. Any, has anyone from uh, outside these borders, outside these shores? Yeah, we had uh, somebody reach out on our Instagram from the UK. No. Uh, and say, hello, mate. We're, we're loving it UK? out here. By the way, I'm not sure that's what he's talking about. Did you talk to him? No, no, it was a message, but I'm transcribing it. We're loving the podcast. Can't wait for this for the next one. Thank you, Kyle and Kevin. Was he in a pub at the time? Was was hammered because I know everybody listen to Kyle and Kevin all the way. We do it. Here we go. Yeah, he was a mess. Kyle. I got a question for you. Yes. Are you looking for shoes? I love shoes. Sure. More specifically, are you looking for a fresh pair of sneakers? Kicks. Well, I like sneakers, uh, but I'm kind of into the vintage, retro, classic designs. Really? Rare sneakers? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a thing. Hmm. Well, I know where you can find them. What? eBay. What? eBay? That's right. eBay, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, you can find the exact shoe you're looking for at ebay.com slash sneakers today. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators will verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you Kyle Gass have been eyeing. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. Give us a little jingle jangle for eBay. eBay, they're coming through on eBay. Um, they're gonna get your shoes for you. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Dude, that was our first ad. <laughs> All right, now I know we got it. just checked our Instagram underscore, did we do it underscore, and I just want to give a shout out to Ricky Damasceno from Brazil, says way to go KG, loving the podcast, greetings from Brazil. Oh my gosh, 
All right. It's exciting. We've got J.R. Reed, a.k.a. Lee. Should I admit him? I don't I don't see him. Let the man in, for God's right, sake. Here he comes. Why are you denying him entrance? Ladies and gentlemen, where is he? I see the box. Oh, God. There, there he is. Oh, yeah. Fro- oh, I thought you were frozen. Here he is. <laughs> J.R. Reed wearing a Lakers hat. Go Lakers! We're the best team in the league. Who's the last night when we beat the Rocky? We're the best team in the league. Rock! was an actor jr in bull Durham? he was not but there was he was too young he was too young there was an actor who was there was an actor who played nuke lelouch in that film named uh timothy robbins who started a company called the actors gang and is that how you two met what is the origin story of kg and jr reed i was trying to i was trying to rack my cabeza which has a lot of memory issues um, <laughs> well, we, you and I, Jr. met at UCLA. Uh, you're, you're two yes, years I ahead of I me. I do remember we, and that, we were, we crossed. Were you guys paths. the same? Were you guys the same uh, trajectory? Like a year? Where were? You? No, he was like three years behind me. I, I oh, was there young in eighty-seven to yeah. ninety-one. I and I, I arrived in ninety. So, I, but remember, Kyle, I've, I've said in before, like I was one of the only freshman actors to kind of start to work within the you know, structure of the theater okay. department, some main stage. Here it comes again. Yes, yes, Kevin, you did very well. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, thank you. That's... <laughs> yes, yes. For everyone who roll, didn't know, can we roll Kevin my... was great all of his oh. whole life. No, Spiker, can we roll my credits, my UCLA credits? Um, we have a Kevin's IMDb. Romeo <laughs> and Juliet. <laughs> I wasn't in that. Uh, however, in the my point is, I met <laughs> I met an actor in a play called King of Infinite Space, which was a parable about a, a an out of control king. Well, Hello, I love an actor. Uh-huh. You're doing Hello. a play. So uh, uh, I met Steve Shabon, whose brother is Michael Shabon, oh, the Pulitzer Prize winning. I pronounce it Shabon. Am I wrong there? It's actually Shabon. Well, here's the thing. Is it Shabon? I mean, I'll stand corrected. Here's the thing that we can out him right now. Because it was Shabon. Oh, and he was going Anglicized. until college, and then his brother oh. Michael st- went by Shabon. Shabon. Yeah. Well, also because Steve said he was made fun fun of as a kid when they would say "Ding dong, Shabon calling." Man. As opposed to Avon. That's well, it's going to be traumatic. So anyway, I met know. I met Steve, and then. Yeah. Steve was roommates with Jr. and he was this hulking presence in an apartment in in the Palms District of L.A., always kind of lifting weights in the corner. <laughs> and uh, look at that! Look at the guns. He's still yeah, lifting it was, weights. It was larger back then, I think. <laughs> and you had a, like a you had a motorcycle. I was like, oh, look yeah. at this guy being a Jewish kid what from about Encino. The, I don't know people crazy like this. long blonde hair. I remember long blonde hair. Yeah, that's yeah. what I noticed right now. Coming away. back, the mullet's coming back. Dude, get it, get it back. Forgot. And he was you were quite prolific and uh, successful in the theater department at UCLA. So that's how I met. But what <sighs> what is your connection? There? So yeah, I I racked my brain. I I can't remember the very instance that I met Kyle, but I know the very instance I witnessed Kyle that I saw him, and that was in Freaks at the Tiffany Theater. Oh yeah, yeah. That Jack yeah, drug me to. That was yeah. the first Actors Gang show I saw. Very first. Oh, that was it. Tiffany is no longer. Did, that was wait, did you do, uh, what What was the Brecht uh, workshop? Uh, uh, Good Woman of Szechuan. I think that's where we met. But I do remember, actually, I remember JR was speaking up oh, nice. and was like, this guy was some crazy, funny, like Viking or something. <laughs> sort of <laughs> from Las Vegas. Guy. And I was like, I, I, I swear to you, oh. I was like, I want some of that. <laughs> I like what's going on over there. And I actually, it was one of those, like, I cultivated the friendship with JR. It's he true. was always had weed, too. I was like, wait a minute. He was this guy's a Viking. Connection. He's crazy what? and funny. And he's always got weed. And he's always holding. It's like, wait a minute. You're the slam um, dunk. And he's in the theater. Well, the- perhaps that's why I got one of my, my famous or infamous nicknames, Kato Cha. Kato is from Kato Kalen and that's because I have a lot of really famous friends and yet I'm still living in the back house (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so wait, so you knew Jack at UCLA. Jack brought you to this play at the Tiffany Jack. Theater on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick side story on, on Jack. My inner, knowing Jack, we had a, our very first class together, which was uh, 10. Theater 10. Theater 10. Theater 10. Yes. That was theater history, I think. So, so. Jack, yeah, Jack the and theater? I had a class oh. together and we had the lab together, you know, where they broke it into the small groups. So mm. I was in his small group. And I'll never forget the first time we started talking about a play and Jack started talking and I just, I was like, who is this jackass? <laughs> <laughs> and, and what does he think he's doing speaking up about Agamemnon in such a way? But it's very interesting, but he stood out like a freaking bright tack. Like it was just like, who is yes, this guy? What do you mean? He was, he was, he was denouncing the great Agamemnon. I know he just had some strong words about the play. And I was like, who is this guy? So you were adversaries, you were adversaries to be not, not even adversaries. No, I was just kind of like, who is this guy? But then, you know, I, obviously I, as I got to know him and he blossomed around me, we started going bowling too. The bowling nights, Friday nights, Hollywood star lanes. Yeah. Hollywood California. It's not there anymore. It's where they filmed the big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, it was quite the social. Every Friday night yeah, it was from like 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. No, it was midnight. It was midnight, midnight even? Yeah, I know. It was midnight. Like it was 2 a.m.? Oh, yeah. We took it into the... Yeah, much too That's late. when you could... That, when, we, when we were that age, the midnight didn't seem late. <laughs> we started at midnight. Like we when we like, played Ultimate Frisbee. The Ultimate Frisbee games always started at oh, yeah, midnight, yeah. didn't they? Or 11.30? They were late. What were we doing at the UCL? Years later, with that was a game we had... I don't mean to name drop, but we had uh, 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 Riles, Jack, Eddie Vedder. Who else played yes. in that game? dramatist named George Bagot, who did a uh, workshop at the uh, theater festival in uh, what year was that Kyle? olympic arts festival in 1984 jason 1984 yeah he did a yeah a little demonstration and, and uh, 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 this guy named yeah. tim robbins and uh his friend john cusack oh, yes. took I'm the familiar. class and john fell cusack. in love with the style of george Bagot, oh. which is a kind of punk rock commedia dell'arte <clears throat> It's mainly Commedia, yeah. It's based on the old Italian Renaissance. And maybe companies. maybe the gang brought the punk rock into it. And Commedia uh, is kind of Commedia is ostensibly archetypes and 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 playing emotion stock characters, stock characters, and playing states, right? And, yes. And and so, give us an example of like what is a state and how do you achieve Happy, that state? Well, sad, part of the idea is that you uh, anger and fear. In this, yeah, in the the reality of the heightened uh, reality, you have to be in one of the four states. So you would have these workshops where wouldn't Tim or whoever was kind of running the workshop yes. say, you have to get to this state and if you don't achieve it, you have to go back to the back of the line or something? Yeah, they kick you off stage. You you're, wow. you you come on stage and you need to be in a state and, a, and the character and you have to be believable and sincere yeah. or else you get what's called a phone call. And that's yeah. the phone's ringing in the back of the theater. You better go answer mm. it, which is a nice way of saying get off stage. Oh, it was really anti art and anti human. So, and then <laughs> in the I, would, I would see Kyle not liking something like this. I could see you not <laughs> wanting to oh, embrace. I was not alone. No, this thing, nobody just, liked it. It was like boot camp. no, it was a way to make it some sort of combat or uh, uh, uh sport or something it was like no it's not a sport it's not a contact sport it's not something where you're winning it's about you know working together and and you know spitting some truths and Produce. doing some good theater and, and i actually learned a lot from it but i just i don't know it was a bit oppressive for me if, if you're working on a play you of course you use the characters of the play but when you're just doing a, a an actor's gang general workshop you do the Commedia characters, which are, there's like 12 of them. The stock right, which ones. is the Commedia dell'arte. Uh, Max, the yeah. servants, the, uh, the, the lovers. Um, what's you know, the, what's the main guy? What's the old guy? Pantalone. Pantalone. He's kind Pantalone. of the main. 
the patriarch. Of- He's the patriarch. Exceptional <laughs> greed and status at the top of the social order. Yeah. Pantalone is money in the commedia world. And by the way, yes. Kyle and I talk about status all the time. And that's, you know, it, it's, it's status is that I use the tool status all the time when trying to work on a character, like where in the context of this story does mm-hmm. this character's status lie? Is he trying to achieve status? Does he That's have a good status? Signpost, my friend. That's a good signpost. Right. So well, I think I think what, so I think what you guys of, were doing at the gang so was was helpful, though. is what I'm saying. Because this is, do you know what I mean? Oh, this for is, sure. For sure. Yeah. It was. There was a lot. But well, yeah, I mean, the improv work alone is, you know, like. Well, that's what I was going to say for generating uh, material, which Jr. did quite a few times and actually directed some great shows. For generating material, we'd we'd improv in the style, and that would that would be pretty. Uh, sometimes be pretty productive. I just want to say that I just stumbled on another character that uh, uh, called Il Capitano, aka oh, yeah, Kyle Gas, aka Kyle Gas. Uh, let's take a look at his. His characteristics. He is often a braggart and a swaggerer who can maintain his claims only by benefit of the fact that none of the locals know him. (laughs) Well, it's funny that that is my favorite character, by the way. Well, we call you the captain in the in the poker games. Oh, that's right. That's true. Yeah, Capitano. Little did I know know was derogatory the whole time. (laughs) So, two of the great shows, in my opinion, that I saw at the gang were two that. JR created and directed. We've got Cool Cops. We've got uh, Kick-Ass Militia. And we've got, what was the roller derby one? World of Wrestling. Well, World of Wrestling, starring Jon Favreau. (laughs) We've talked about Fabs. John Favreau was in World of Wrestling? John Favreau and Kurt Ward were the main wrestlers. Did you cast? Do you remember John's audition? I I remember him begging me to be in the show. I remember that scene. Yeah. So beneath, but he oh, dude, it was it was a hot successful directors of all time. That's I know, and he was begging me, and I direct. Isn't it crazy? I directed him. Oh no! And long story short, John doesn't like me very much because oh, no. because <laughs> Kirk Ward, who played opposite him in the wrestling show, they they did some real wrestling scenes. I had an actual wrestling ring. And it was, you know, this giant, it's called World of Wrestling. And we took societal archetypes and pitted them against one another, a la a Sunset Strip rocker versus a priest. Mm. And, and John Favreau played the priest. At the end of the, the last thing were these two mystery wrestlers that got into this giant, crazy, out-of-control wrestling match where one of them actually guts and pulls the innards out of the other wrestler oh, dear. in a black light when that happens when that happens scene and it, it things got really weird and dark really quick after this huge comedy crazy wacky wrestling thing yeah but leading up to that they did real wrestling i had them really bound you know i had a real ring with real let me guess kirk was kicking the shit out of him and john kirk was kicking the shit out of him and john favreau kept i'm going with favs on this one by the way (laughs) he kept asking me to give safety jr safety first first. yeah both both kevin and i are on the same page to please please tell kirk to go easy yeah go easy let's act let's act (laughs) and i never gave him the note why Nicole? Come on, I'm with Favs. Safety for I'm with Favs too because and it looked it was so good. Here's the thing, by the way, Jr. I didn't want to tell you, so but good. we've got Favs in the Catch waiting up, room. He wants oh, to talk to you about being in the Mandalorian. So, uh, but <laughs> one of the great things I felt about your direction going to the shows at the Actors Gang space on Santa Monica Boulevard was when you showed up like in cool cops and what was the roller the roller rink show i i asked that before tag team love fest 2000 tag team love fest 2000 which you built a roller rink in the theater and had people a velodrome roller rink yes so yeah you had actual (laughs) people that were skilled at at roller skating well way before glow and way before uh what was the famous broadway show um starlight express thank right you. well yeah well starlight express was before us no. oh, I, yeah, but way oh, before glow you're right you i was the, uh, you i was inspired by starlight express 
<laughs> but even with cool cops, yeah. you had, I remember like we, we showed up to get to wait in line. We got our tickets and then here come the actors. It was very immersive theater. I remember like Kirk yes. Ward saying, I, I'm good. I'm going to need to frisk you, sir. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, uh, I'm into it. But I could tell some people were like, wait, what's going? They don't want to be a part of the show, but that was part yeah. of the actors gang. But Really, your style, I hadn't seen that at the theater until you kind of came along and really broke open the fourth wall. Yes, I love I the immersive cool. experience. I love environmental theater. And yes, I, my shows always started at the door or before the door. I wanted things happening so that when people like came into the world, they were in it. One more of your shows, which I think was quite, I'm going to say prescient and... Uh, another uh, college word, but kick-ass militia. Prescient. Ah, really oh, yes. Ah, uh, oh, yes. Very, to- really very topical. Time. Yes, very topical. What was the, give, us were, the, give us the log line of the show. Before the log line of the... Yeah, go ahead. Basically, uh, well, I'll tell you what inspired me about it first was wait, what happened in Waco with the Branch Davidians. Yeah. Um, that was what inspired me. And Ruby and Ridge. And Ruby Bridge and the Freeman of Montana, if you remember oh, them. Yeah, yeah it, if people don't know, uh, uh, Waco is widely known for the siege of the Branch Davidian compound in 1993 when agents of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms tried to arrest Branch Davidian leader David Koresh Dude, for stockpiling weapons that and David explosives. Koresh. Sidelight, oh, JR, you should play him because he was a rocker as well, I believe. Yeah, I, I think. Did. Uh, you could play examples. him in the movie. Well, I, I, did he? Did, did they end up taking him down? Did they Koresh. end up taking Koresh down, or did he kill himself? Yes, he was killed. What yes, are you he was killed? In are the you? Siege. Are you really saying that you don't remember the tanks rolling in and burning down the place? Dude, they you. they literally the U.S. government literally flame torched the compound, and I think they were hoping they would run out. But what year was that? What year was that? Nineteen ninety How old were you, Kevin? Ninety three. Twenty two. There you go. You didn't care. I was, I, was, looking, I was looking for babes. <laughs> you were looking, looking for love in, love in all the wrong places. Love wow. in Man, we, <laughs> we were both going with the same classic song. Oh, yeah. Freewheeling. But uh, that was a wild and woolly show. Look at this play that I got out of my library. Wait a minute. I was in that play. Yes, you were. <laughs> the Firebugs by Max right. Frisch. Which is uh, a character named Gottlieb Biederman. And I ended up taking over the lead role of uh, Gottlieb Biederman, which is about a, a German businessman who discovers that two men have entered his attic and are arsonists who have already burned down most of the time. Max Frisch was a writer, a German writer. And this was written, uh, he was born in 1911. I think this was written right after World War II. Biederman refuses to see the arsonist collections of the arsonist's collection of fuses, detonators, and barrels of gasoline as anything more than an elaborate practical joke. In the face of the obvious fact that his visitors threaten the home, Biederman and his wife feed their enemies a sumptuous dinner and even provide them with all the matches they need in the vain hope of avoiding the inevitable. It was a stylized show that we just went Buffalo Nights full, almost in honor of the actor's gang, and it was a parable about what's your quote that you always say? What's the quote? When they come Ooh, for you. Wait, what is it? Who will be there when they come for me? If I don't come for my neighbor or whatever. Right. Who will be there when they come for me? And that was kind of what Max Frisch was writing, which was, hey, everybody turned a blind eye to the Nazis. We all knew they were there in Germany. <clears throat> These, but we, However, we invited them into our homes and made them a sumptuous meal. Yeah. So... So I JR played one play, of the Nazis. JR played one of the arsonists. They were, they were arsonists <laughs> in the show, and you were fantastic. And what I remember, just to my set entrance. up the story. My, it's the, the best entrance. entrance of all time. Of all I came time. through a trap door. I crawled <sighs> under a dirty, musty theater stage <sighs> like every night, and I got in position, and I came through a trap door. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Powerhouse Theater in Santa Monica, which is now a restaurant. By Powerhouse. Way. Is it yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were, it was an amazing, we have a photo, we have a great photo by, by uh, uh, Craig Schwartz, the great theater photographer of JR coming up through the, the trap door with the, with the orange fire lights. Well, you have yeah. a copy of that? Um, I don't know where it is. If I, I do. have one, I can get you one. But uh, Spiker, come put that photo up on the website, please. Thanks, Jenny. 
so now, Lee, this is what I happened. think it started with special things. But I could be wrong. Go ahead. That too yeah, special I mean, thing. Here's the thing is I think saying special things, not just as JR, and I did Spider-Man, Cheap Ass Spidey. That was all happening. And then the HBO episodes happened, and Bob Odenkirk is responsible for Lee, calling him Lee. I think, or you guys were because no, you. No, I think saw. we did just for the rhyme. I think it was. Yes, sort of Lee funny, like, reminded with rhymed with tenacious D, D and Lee. Uh, and, and so every other it's word. an easy part. <laughs> it's Lee, like to make rhyme word <laughs> That's it. Uh, what was the show? There was a show at the House of Blues that Foo Fighters played and the D played. And I think I remember Spider-Man making an appearance in that show, which was a, a packed show at, at the House of Blues. But was that a benefit? I feel, do you remember that, Kyle? Uh, you guys played before Foo Fighters? When the House of Blues was still around. I do know, actually. I just I, remember meeting Grohl. That was the first time I met Dr. G backstage. Mm. And he was very friendly. It was very like bouncy. Hey man, hey man. <laughs> I just remember him being very bouncy, very friendly. A bouncy friendly. dude. Uh, the HBO episode. First, oh, there's right, special right. things, isn't it? Special things is the first. yeah. Special we things did that came live, first. and it was like a live bit, wasn't it? Didn't we do that live? Can we play special things, Spiker? Yeah. And then you would do. Spiker oh, and then we do eat. Special things Like when a friend gives a friend a helping hand Helps his little buddy to understand That's a special thing A very special thing Yeah Take it, JB, to take it I hate to interrupt the thing That Lee was singing about him and KG special thing what do you think this is tenacious D3D no 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 like when KG hits a tin cup shot on a Genesis golf tin cup that's a special thing a special thing or when KG pops in Jenny Craig mac and cheese and hands it to me that's a special thing. That's a special thing. Yeah, to this day, but his chair is mostly reverent. And uh, as he continued on in the train wreck tradition of just kind of some crazy wordplay and the like. And uh, it's just a part of your vernacular. It's pretty fun. Pretty funny. You're hey, able to turn a phrase, you know, and kind of yeah, take he, a commonplace term and That's give it some special sauce. Give it yeah, a little sauce. Yeah. A little sauce. Hey, hey it's Rosie fun. Perez. It's Rosie Perez, Kyle. Give it a little sauce. In every okay. poker game, he'd okay. sing at least five to 15 times. Don't turn around. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Come aside. Falco. Falco. And... I really, I, I have to say, I, I haven't really ever gotten tired because it's a, it's a solid jam. Thanks everybody for coming to. Did we do it? Did we do it? Kyle and Kevin gonna shoot the shit. Put something down. Do it. Do it. Kevin and Cage coming your way. Good night, everybody. Please like and subscribe. Please like and subscribe. It will really help me.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.